Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I will be your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kemp. And bellied up to the bar, back from a week beachside, is the man who finally found Huey Lewis and the News their new drug, the fabulous one, Freddie Bender. I won't say what that is. I was about to say, <laughs> Travis, who's the new guy up at the bar? I, I, don't, I don't even know this guy. He looks so unfamiliar. It's me. It's me. It's Freddie B. <laughs> Fellas, uh, it Ready is... Ready for some soccer tonight. <laughs> it is great to have everybody back uh, in the uh, downstairs pub studios. It's great to be here. Uh, you guys doing okay tonight? Doing great. Tuna's got his USA shirt on. I'm pumped. Yeah, USA Rugby Union. <laughs> but um, anyway, go USA. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, as always, we are uh, very uh, happy to be here tonight. We thank you all for listening. We want to, uh, as we always do, invite you to follow us on all manners of social media. On Twitter, we are at BlockoutPod. On Facebook, just type in Blockout Sports Pod into your uh, search bar. And uh, that really gets the business out of the way, and uh, right away, first of all, I'd like to say welcome back, Fred. It's good to have you back down here. Great to be back, guys. That was kind of a quick whim. Uh, someone called me, had some spots, and uh, thought we could uh, accommodate, and we did. So, uh, Are you, in fact, running for mayor of Perdido Key? Uh, no, I'm not, but uh, I did run into some of the uh, chair dudes that work the chairs down there, and they're like, hey, look who's back. So it was uh, a good time. I do think it was really cool that you used your one phone call from the Perdido jail cell to call into the Blockout Sport Podcast. <laughs> so we, we appreciate you doing that. They got so. a great-looking drunk tank down there. It's yeah. very nice. <laughs> um, we have a lot to get to this week. Uh First of all, I wanted to go back to something that happened uh, after we had already recorded uh, the episode last week, and that is the Open Championship, or as uh, we call it here in the United States, the British Open. Yeah, I was about to say, I think um, last week we, we, we did our best to, to refer to it and respect our friends across the pond as the British Open. After some of their actions towards Brian Harmon, um, I, it's going to be the British Open from here on out. Now, so. let me ask you this, Tuna. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and, I mean, I was happy for for Harmon to Absolutely. win. Absolutely. Awesome guy. But did you, at, at, at any point, not get tired of his 15 waggles as he set up to hit the golf ball? Okay. I actually listened to an interview with him today. It was very frustrating, just like we talked about any slow player. He goes back and says, he, um, if you go back and look at him in college as an amateur and even early on in the pro, he was one of the fastest players in the sport. And then he found himself waiting on the other guys so much that he started twiddling his t- thumbs and giving, getting like anxiety and ready to go, trying to rush himself. And after a long conversation with Rory McElroy, who we can blame for this now, who, um, 
he, I'll never blame Rory for anything, <laughs> Tuna. He, told he is him, blameless in this. He told him to slow it down. He said, slow down and you'll play better golf. Well, Harmon took that to heart and, <laughs> and super slowed it down. I, I mean, because of the weather, you know, the rain and everything, I don't think that many people... I, it didn't bother me as much because it was pouring the rain, it's at least on the final day, uh, you know. Uh, I don't think it was blown up as much. And it just gets to me after a time because every single – and obviously they're going to show him as a, the huge leader that he was. on, And all – I mean, all credit to him. And I'm – like I said, I'm tickled for him that he won. And I like him a lot. Yeah, he seems quick, like hey. a super cool dude. Uh, Freddie really relates to him Don't as a pick on five seven lefty as a short lefty five seven lefty. Wait a minute, I'm listed at five eight. By the way, <laughs> that means he's five five and a half. Yeah. But uh, uh, I did find it at a certain point. I just wanted him to hit the damn ball. Well, you know what I wanted? Do you think it was want- because he had such a big lead? Probably. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, well, you know what I wanted? I wanted someone else to do something. Yeah. Well, and, that? and starting uh, starting his round, I mean, when he lost a couple of shots, and the same thing he did on Saturday, when he lost a couple of shots early, and you thought, well, this is where he's going to get shaky. He's never been here before. Somebody else is going to make a run. Rom, you know, had that incredible round. Uh, was that on Saturday that Rom had the yeah, had Saturday, the big round? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, by God, he would just settle the ship. He'd make mm-hmm. a couple of birdies, and then when he hit the long uh, birdies, and then when he hit the you know the fifty footer on eleven or whatever that was, I mean that pretty much made it. That, that was money. I, you I know, mean, making putts in that weather. Nobody I mean, was going to catch him at that. I know point. chicks dig the long ball, man, but like he doesn't have the long ball in his arsenal and it was nice seeing a guy just be surgical on the course right i thought that right. was the best part about it uh and having a guy like that win that was huge and you know how many top 10 he's had what has he had the most top 10 since 2018 yeah his career earnings are insane like dude i mean he you knew if he got into contention and he was moving up i've kept an eye on him a lot i would keep an eye on a lot of the lefties anyways and uh, you know he's usually when we do our draw for for our picks when we do on majors. I'm usually looking at him. Sometimes I never have taken him, but I've always looked to to scoop him up. He's always there, man. He's he's solid. So when he gets it, when he got in that spot, I was not worried that he would falter. I really wasn't. Uh, a quote he had today, which I thought was hilarious, he was talking about all the trash that uh, they uh, the fans were talking to him as he's walking up and down, you know, the, the path and, and everything, and they were yelling at him, calling him American trash and all this stuff. They oh, were yeah. awful to him. They were, and he at, was just at least early on. He just laughed and was like, "Look, man, I'm a SEC fan. I'm a SEC football fan. I got thick skin." He's like, "I've heard way worse." Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, I thought that was cool. Well, I heard him say that uh, after he made an early bogey on Sunday that somebody in the crowd said, uh, said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. Yes, right, right. And he said that immediately kind of snapped him. He was like, <laughs> kind of snapped him awake. And he said, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm good enough 
to win this thing, and it, he's he actually thanked whoever said that to him yes, in the I, presser, which that. was kind of yes. cool. Well, good. I'm, I, dude, I'm telling you, uh, uh, the other players just could not. You know, the, here again, another major, another blowout in a sense. I mean, this was a huge blowout, but. You know, we just never got that major where you had uh, a cool three, four-man playoff, things of that nature. It just seemed like the the guys that were leading at on Sunday were going to take it to the bank, and that's how they were, you know? And yeah. I think uh, even though it was raining on Sunday, um, the wind wasn't as much of a factor as it could be at the British Open. Um, but when somebody has that kind of a lead, and it almost, to your point, Tuna, it almost helps Harmon in those situations that he doesn't hit the ball super far. Because a lot of times, the bunkers that were in play for a lot of the other guys off the tee box, he could just go ahead and hit it as hard as he wants to, and he's not going to reach those bunkers. And that's obviously in the British Open, that's where you get into trouble is dropping the ball into one of those bunkers you have to hit out backwards or sideways or uh, something like that. And so, like I said, all respect to Brian Harmon. I'm super happy that he won the tournament. Uh, I don't believe in your Rory slander. Uh <laughs> But uh, <laughs> and what right you, out of the champ's mouth, man. And what do you take away from Brian Harmon? He had a, I, I noticed towards the end he had a chaw in, and he claims he's just a good old redneck and likes to hunt. And I love that he said, uh, "Oh, I don't hunt with a with, with a, a gun or a rifle. rifle. I hunt with, with a bow." bow. And he said, "I <laughs> shoot at eighty, but I kill from 40. <laughs> And he pounded a bunch of beer out of the claret jug. That's right. So, so yeah, he even said that he was going to pound. What was it? Well, it was some Guinness. Pints. It was some it was pints. it was some Guinness beer, but I kind of wish it was like a good old Coors. Or and something. what about Bob Tway's brother? Was his caddy? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure that big old dude can put some beers down. So good for those guys. Uh, any other thoughts on? The Open Championship. The British Open, no. Uh, no. That wraps it up for me. I hope JT gets his game together. Oh, well, gosh. now, that is one thing, and I actually had written that down in my notes that I meant to, I, I wanted to discuss briefly because uh, anybody that listens to this show uh, on a regular basis realizes that we are located in Louisville, Kentucky, and the downstairs pub is actually Caddy Corner, what, about, a quarter of a mile from the high school that Justin Thomas attended. So we do have, we're big JT fans. We do have a, uh, an interest in how he plays and man alive. He, and to his credit, totally says, man, I'm struggling. I'm trying to find my game, but you know, with a Ryder cup coming up and with as good as he's been in the Ryder cup and as good as he's been, for the American side in whether President's Cup, Ryder Cup, whatever it is, 
I don't really see a way that he makes the team the way that he's playing right no, now. He's actually playing in that 3M this weekend. Yeah, he, he has yeah. to. He, he has, has to, to play in it. But, yeah, I think mm. the, the top people in that is like Matsuyama, him, and Finau. And Finau, and that's yeah. it. Like, I know no one else. Not even your boy JT Poston's in it. <laughs> <laughs> the postman. Uh but I think he'll get on track. No one wears his heart on his sleeve more than JT. We all love him. He he always gives props in the social media to, to players that win their tournaments. And I love the well. fact. I love the fact it's good that karma. Even when he's not playing well in these majors, he's basically live tweeting. Like he will watch it, and he says. They say, well, why would you want to watch that when, when you're not there? You know, you, you played in it and you didn't make the cut. He said, I'm a golf fan. I love the sport. Why wouldn't I watch? Right. And, and, and a lot of these guys are his friends, you yeah, know, people he's a, that he's. Yeah. And so he and he has some insightful things to say. And uh, uh, from all of us at the Blockout Sports Pod, get your act together, JT. We want to see you playing well and we want to see i would love to see him on the Ryder cup team hey, somehow drink, start drinking some paps blue ribbon <laughs> eat a big old fat ribeye bone in tomahawk and what's the other thing he's he switched to vegetarian he doesn't drink I, uh i can't think of what the third one was. well that's clearly what screwed his game up i've got a theory he spent a lot of time during march madness hanging out with nick saban <laughs> maybe uh, I saw him at the hockey. Maybe playoffs. the Godfather got in his head a little Let bit me and messed him up. That guy's doing nothing but helping him. <laughs> Hopefully, he didn't get in Nick Saban's head. We got football coming up. <laughs> yeah, we can get to that some other time, Fred. <laughs> okay, drink. Um, quickly, uh, if you listened to the entirety of last week's show. Uh, when Fred called in from the beach, uh, in all the excitement, he had forgotten to talk about the horse races that were coming up with, uh, and with some really big, it was a big race, uh, with a lot of, uh, horses that you've heard been talked about on this show. And, uh, if you looked on Facebook and Twitter, we, uh, went, I posted, uh, Fred's thoughts and his picks on those races and quickly Fred I wanted to get your thoughts uh wanted to find out how those races went uh how your picks went and then if there's anything else coming up uh from a horse racing standpoint just quickly uh talk about that right right uh well the Haskell went off uh with some quality quality horses I can't believe I forgot to uh throw that out there on the balcony uh, but, uh, Oh, I can, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, because I had looked at the horses already, I looked into who I was going to take her and guess what folks, uh, I'm done betting. I am no good liar, I am, liar. I am. I am since Mage, since I cashed in on Mage, I have not done diddly squat. Everybody on here that listens knows that even tuna beat me with national treasure and even other, tuna betting is so much horse. easier if you just pick the winners dude. <laughs> like that's all you got to do but dude i really you know and i do everyone knows that i do try to uh beat the beat the uh the chalk or sometimes take chalk to beat the chalk or just try to get the best 
uh, money money bet that you can get. Uh, I I did know obviously that Go Rocket Ride was uh, a horse that I would have for sure bet on if had he been in the Derby, and uh, he wasn't. And I knew he'd be great money in the Derby. I thought he had a long layoff, a real long one. I wasn't sure, but I knew that some of these horses would be in the running. Arabian Lion with Baffert all over him. Uh, he's a front runner. I knew that he would be out there. But, dude, the 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 numbers on that first, uh, on the, 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 around the first turn were so sick. I knew that Mage had a shot. And... I put my money on, you know, I put my money on Mage and Tappet Trice, who uh, I will never put money on again uh, moving forward. But Go Rocket Ride ran a great race. Mage was bellied up to him around the turn. He had his chance to win, and he was beaten. Now, here's the thing in the Haskell, guys, and I want to get Tuna and Travis's input on this. A lot of people are saying that that a lot of trainers were using that as a prep for not only the, the not for the Jim Dandy the Jim Dandy's coming up Saturday that's a prep and they're using these these races for preps for the next couple races coming down the line and I, maybe even Breeders Cup but which that's kind of far away but. Um, and so if you had a horse that's that's trucking and he's on the stretch, I think they felt Mage did just fine to do what he needed to do, and they didn't push him. You've hmm. got to watch out for the things like that because now you've got the Jim Dandy coming up Saturday. To the rescue. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> some of these I, – I do believe that's, that that could come into play. So if you have a, a closer – you're good. If you have a front runner that someone runs crazy numbers on, they're not going to push that horse to try to get that win. They're happy with these horses have already made their money. Now it's just trying to get into the Breeders' Cup and get your Horse of the Year honors. So you're just saying that... Uh, I'm saying maybe they didn't push Mage so, as hard right So there. horses are doing right. load management now? Maybe, <laughs> yes. Trainers oh, are. Trainers are, Yes. And, and, dude, I read about that after the fact, and I'm like, you got to be, God dang, you know. But uh, but we do have the Jim Dandy coming up, and, and a lot of them are prepping for the Travers. So the Travers Stakes is, uh, is what we're looking at next, except for Saturday. And that's what some of these horses were just getting ready for, and they were considering it like a prep. Uh, what do you all think about that? I mean, you just said load management. Um, I mean, do you think some of these trainers are doing that? Like, uh, when they're trying to run big in the Travers, which is a little bit bigger than the Haskell Travis. <laughs> well, I honestly had never, uh, heard anything like that. I had not even considered it, but as you talked about it, it completely makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, you like you come in first, second, and third, and you're good. Fourth, you're not going to push it. Um, so talking about that, let's look at the Jim Dandy. We've got four, hor five horses running in the Jim Dandy. <laughs> and let me tell you something. They're all, they're all dandies. Uh, you have Forte who still, in my opinion, is the number one horse 
in the world right now in uh, for his age group. I have, uh, you've got Angel of Empire, who's been up in the money too. They've all been in the money. They just haven't won since their derby preps. Uh, Disarm, who has won the Matt win in the slop. Don't forget, he won in the slop. And then you've got my favorite horse that I love, the little gritty hit show, who has yet to win since his preps, but they've all been up there front. Now, Brad Cox just put in a rabbit for Angel of Empire, Saudi Crown. So he's now in. So we're a mile and an eighth at Saratoga, Jim Dandy. Um, who do you guys like? Uh, Tuna. No one's going to get, <laughs> hey, no one's going to get in the way. And by the way, I want to say real quick, speaking before Tuna talks, because he was a tap at Trice horse. Sorry, guys. I'm that not a, horse, not a horse. That horse ran like a pig. He uh, tap at Trice doesn't have it. So that's the He's end of it. Just him. resting before he wins the Breeders' no, Cup. No, he, he wasn't. Just said he, it. That, horse, that horse wasn't even close. I'm not here to horse shame. I'm just going to talk well okay. about the horses that are Tell running me good. Who you like. Um, well, obviously a huge Forte guy. Um, I say that because I have no idea why I say that. I just like Forte. Okay. That's what I like to say because Tuna normally wins these races. I'm not kidding. He's been doing better than I have. So uh, Yeah, don't put money on Forte because I said I don't know what the hell I'm no, talking about. That's I don't either. Fact. I mean, it's just a pick, dude. I yeah. think Forte I think Forte is uh probably gonna win but i am going to go again with value and and see if little gritty hit show can do that win can take that win i don't see angel of empire winning again uh, he hasn't won yet and he's had a jockey hold off on him he's had him take him out early it's never worked uh, there's only five horses. Uh, Maybe they're all on load management this weekend. And no. for the rabbit, uh, Saudi crown will come in and win. Okay. Well, is that your pick? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Nevertheless, there's not much to talk about. There's only five horses. I don't want to waste all of our time on, on dirt, but it is a good race. That's the super horses. high five. I'm going with hit show folks and, and, uh, join me. See what happens. And that's all I got, guys, unless y'all got something on that. I don't. Go, baby, go. <laughs> now, I <clears throat> I think the best horse in the crop might be two fills, and he's retired. That's how the crop of these horses have been since the Derby. <laughs> now, we go from one what would be considered a niche sport from a lot of people I wanted to talk some boxing tonight. Yeah, something, baby. Something that we have not done maybe at all on the podcast. We don't have Larry Merchant coming in. But to talk uh, boxing. God, I love Larry Merchant. <laughs> I could listen to that guy talk for hours. But we have a huge, a huge You've boxing. You got some match. Larry Merchant in you. Yeah, Larry Merchant. You are, actually, you are a lot like Larry Merchant. Uh, uh, let me tell you something, Dana. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets one extra drink in him, and you never know what's going <laughs> to yeah, come out of his exactly. mouth, just like Larry Merchant. Folks, I don't drink during the week, so I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, neither did Larry Merchant. Uh, 
But so dude, we yes, have talk we have about it, Travis. we have a huge fight coming up uh, Saturday night in Las Vegas. Before I, we even prep, super fight of the century. Before we even get into the actual nuts and bolts of this fight, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact that I mean this is. Almost in any other era would have been one of the most talked about sporting events going. And I feel like, and uh, Fred had actually sent something on our, uh, on our podcast text thread. Like how many people really even know what's that this fight is happening this weekend. And why is that? And my question to you guys is, why is that? All right, I've got a theory on this. Um, I think boxing, you're getting less and less people in it, and there's a, there's a drop in talent level. Obviously, each weight class has its own, you know, elite guys, but there's only about two or three in each weight class, in my opinion. So, and then you have a major drop off after that. I think a lot of guys that would get into boxing at a young age are now getting into mixed martial arts. And that is taken up a lot. That's of, unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, that's an opinion, but it, it's taken, <laughs> it's taken a lot. I, I mean, I agree there, there, there's some people. Why do that, they want their ears all mangled? Well, <laughs> I mean, boxing has its flaws too. Like if any combat sport, you're going to have issues. Well, no, so. you're right. Someone has bitten an ear in boxing. So. <laughs> and he's actually uh, made a lot of money selling gummies in the shape of ears off from that. But <laughs> no, I just feel like there's a drop off in, in people entering into boxing at, at a young age. And that's creating a talent gap. You're right. And that, that's a good point. And I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it seems like in the day of, uh, social media and the 24 hour news cycle. And maybe, maybe I was living in a bubble in the eighties, but I felt like everybody in the United States knew who Sugar Ray Leonard was, knew who Marvin Hagler was, mm -hmm. knew who Tommy Hitman Hearns was. Uh, even later on than that, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, Shane yeah, Mosley, Felix uh, right. you know, yeah, I mean the list Sweet goes Pete on Whitaker and on. Yeah, and, Sweet and those Pete guys. Parnell, it was, I mean, there was tons of great ones. So, uh, so how many people? Roy Williams Jr. I mean, geez. how many people that aren't like attuned to boxing know Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford? I'm going to say not very many. Uh, yeah, I mean, and in some of the fights these guys have been on, have been on ESPN Friday night at nine o'clock and for Fox, free. Fox on Saturday night. Yes, and we have seen. Uh, I I have never seen Errol Spence Jr. fight, but I have seen Terrence Crawford fight. Mm -hmm. Let Let's tell everybody what the record is real quick as we uh, talk about this. Terrence Crawford is thirty nine and zero. This is over like an eleven year span, guys. Uh, 30 KOs, 30 knockouts. Errol Spence Jr., 28-0 with 22 KOs. Uh, Crawford is a dazzling wizard a la Sugar Ray Leonard. Footwork, left, right, he's got it all. And Errol Spence Jr. is the southpaw, big dog that chases him around the ring. Uh, it, it, it has the... 
the setup for, I mean, Terrence Crawford has, there's four belts that they're fighting for in this boxing match, dude, that have went on for a long time. I know it's welterweights, but that seems to be the best boxing uh, throughout the last, what, 10 years is the welterweights. Well, I, know, I mean, there's been 147 some, pounds. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's some good fighters in other ways, like Gilardi Golovkin, you know, Triple right. G. There, there's some, right. you No, know, Triple I mean, G, I, yeah. I got gotcha. there, there, There's been some good fights. I think, like what I was saying earlier, you, you don't get, like, like, back in the day, like, you know, 20 years ago, you would have, like, Tyson versus Evander Holyfield, Evander Holyfield versus Riddick Bowe, Riddick Bowe versus Tyson. Right. You would see these guys fight multiple guys up at the top, what you would consider that top tier. True. Here, you don't have that. Here, you've got the long-haul fight, fighting inferior talent before you get up to these big fights. True. Right. Yeah. And, and they're and, working their way up. And so. they are. And and I, I think a lot of it has to do with pay-per-view. I don't think people are, are as willing to pay for pay-per-view anymore. And, I, and boxing's done a great job with putting these fights on for free yeah, on Fox primetimes yes. and, and ESPN primetimes. And that's going to start helping it grow if they continue to do that. But, like, you're not going to pay a pay-per-view for – like, I mean, l- look at this last fight with Errol Spence and um, – or Deus Ugas. It was, you know, that was a free Fox fight, I believe. And, yeah. and, and guess what? I told you I haven't seen Spence fight, and I yeah. love watching boxing. I didn't know it was there. Yeah. I just didn't know. Well, that's, that's another issue is I love boxing, and I know Fred does, and I know Tuna does. But the times that I've seen these guys fight was by accident. It wasn't because I I heard it being promoted yeah. on television. It was, oh, I wonder what's on television tonight. And I look, oh, there's a good boxing card on ESPN. There's a good boxing card on Fox. I'm going to watch that. And how many times, Fred, have I texted you and yeah. said, flip over to yes. Fox right and, now. And yeah. There's some good yeah. boxing and, coming and on. It is good. And everybody gets into it. Like, we'll be sitting around uh, hanging out. And everyone's like, dude, throw it on. I mean, who can't get in to watch a good boxing match? And they, uh, um, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, nah, turn the channel on, on whatever. Yeah. And I think the long gap between fights is something also that, that people tend to, for, like, they could watch somebody one night. That's right. And then the next time that person fights, they're like, I I may have seen this guy you fight. Almost, I was, yeah. You almost have yes. to, like, go back in your memory because it it it's not mm-hmm. you know there it's not on ESPN every day or no. on you know whatever social media you look at for for sports there's no like daily updates but on used, boxing but you used to see Stephen A Smith and uh what's his name Max Kellerman like, and Max came Kellerman. up in boxing they used to talk about that when there was a big fight they would have him on sports center and then that would get your attention going hey there's a big well, fight coming up this week Kellerman well, the, the problem with that is now is you're going to have guys like if the if the fight's on Fox, you're not going to see guys on ESPN that's talking right. about right. what's exactly. going to happen on Fox. It's, yeah, so and, and that's that. what it is. But you look at Terrence Crawford's last fight; it was December 10th. Like, true, I mean, true. That's a long time. It's a man. long time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was you going to say about Max Kellerman? Trey? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Well, right? no, no, that's fine. I was just um, going to say that uh, for those of us of a certain age, way before we knew Max Kellerman, even as the original host of around the horn. Mm. I knew Max Kellerman as kind of like, I would think of him as like, um, 
oh gosh, I'm I'm having a uh, a brain freeze. Uh, Jim uh, Jim Lampley. Lampley. Mm-hmm. I, I, he was like Jim Lampley's understudy almost. Yeah. Like he was the next up and coming, and he was all. I mean, and he really did. I I I still think he's great. And but I, but I, I loved him as those, a boxing those, commentator. He was podcasting before podcasting. Right. He'd sit in his basement and just record himself talk yeah. about boxing. Right. Yes. And, and he grew a following yeah, the, from that. The sports, uh, sports Center passed. Uh, he's kind of in charge of that now, of the boxing setup. The guy with the black hair that used to be uh, – uh, a anchor on Sports Center. Scott Van Pelt. Uh no, this guy, Travis, you know him, he did which we will talk about later on, the Hall of Fame. He was the MC for the Hall of Fame ceremony uh in Cooperstown this past week. Uh and he is kind of the a real tall guy with black hair, the boxing guru guy. Well, I I actually uh, think that uh Kellerman has doesn't work for no, ESPN he anymore. Was, he was no. one of the most recent so, casualties from the cuts. But but nevertheless, this is a fight at Showtime pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think it's that expensive. From what uh, I thought, someone said it was like sixty bucks or yeah, something. I think it's like fifty bucks for regular definition, which I always find hilarious. Like who pays who? for the regular definition? <laughs> regular but definition. there's somebody out there that does it because they still offer it, and then sixty dollars for um, which I still think that's pretty expensive. Dude, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're going normally, you've got a few guys with you. It's like here, I'll vent. People you. paid ninety nine dollars for that uh, Conor McGregor nonsense. What 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 Conor McGregor knows? The, the, when he fought when he when fought, he fought May- uh, oh people that Mayweather. paid for that were stupid and and there, it's going to be the same thing for Tyson Fury when he fights Francis Ngannou. That's the 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 transition guys from MMA to boxing and when they try to get together and do it, it doesn't work. It's not, right, like Floyd Mayweather. Everybody after that was like, well, Conor McGregor showed that he's he's actually a legit boxer. The guy has skills. Floyd Mayweather went fifty percent against him. Of course, it, it, I mean that that would have been a two round fight if. Uh, yeah, I don't even think he trained well. And that yeah. and like Fred said, typically if you're getting one of those boxing matches, mm-hmm. you're not just sitting in your house watching it by yourself. Absolutely, you've got. 10 guys around and you're gambling on it. Every, everybody throw in 10 bucks. Yeah. And nowadays and, you can just Venmo and you're like, where people are like, well, just Venmo somebody and you're good. Like, or you can a, get you an unlocked fire stick and stream it somehow. Oh, there's, there's rumors that people do oh, that no, somehow. Wait a minute. I got it. That's, that's allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. I yeah. said there's rumors that people do that. That is allegedly. <laughs> we do yeah. not want to. Uh, we do not want to um, let people know that, like, no one that we know does that, not right, Tuna? I don't know anybody, but no, I said there's not. rumors that people do that, and I'm not sure how they're doing it, but I'd like to meet one or two. Well, the card starts Saturday at 8. Obviously, there's great fights leading up to it. I mean, that's part of the fun of it. Sure it is. And, and, then and I guess there was a heavyweight bout that got pulled out today. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the so guy's name. So that fight will go out. off at about, what, 1030? No, probably 11? 1130, yeah. Probably so. Well, I'm probably sooner now that the heavyweight bout got pulled okay. out. So it could be about ten thirty. It honestly. is uh taking place in Las Vegas mm-hmm. at T Mobile Arena. Um they should do it in the sphere. Yeah, wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> but uh I am very much looking forward to it. I, I I know I'm gonna be watching it. I can't wait. Uh do you guys have a uh have a prediction? Have you looked into it? 
Yeah, I'm going enough with, to have a prediction. I'm going with Errol Spence on this, and and most oh. of it most of it is is because of the recency of the fight. He's fought April sixteenth, and December is a long time off. And I know these guys are professionals, but um, I, I, I Errol Spence is a bit of an up and comer here, and and I, I I I like him to take this fight. Okay, and he is a southpaw. Uh, now I am going to uh, disagree with the tuna. Uh, even though Errol Spence is one badass dude who flipped his Ferrari in 2019 and was thrown from it because he didn't have his seatbelt on, lived, had his teeth all put back in, and is an extreme badass. Okay, uh, uh, that that if that don't get your attention, I don't know what will. But I'm going with. Terrence Crawford, I've seen him fight. He is a blast to watch. These guys are not going to do... They've already said that they are They are old school. They are not going to do... Remember when Pacquiao and Mayweather, that big build-up fight, mm-hmm. and they just stood there mm-hmm. and like, da 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 They said this will not happen, uh, and uh, they've, they've claimed it many times on some of their interviews uh, I'm going with Terrence Crawford on this one, the uh, the dazzling wizard. Yeah, this is going to be a two or three fight uh, sequence here. This isn't uh, oh Big Ten theme music again. I love it. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to rematch probably. They're going to if if it's split, probably go third. We'll I heard that uh, the normal rematch clause has actually been even shortened. Okay, for this so mm-hmm. that. There is definitely going to be a second fight. Um, I'm with you, Tuna. I I like Spence. I like it to go to a decision, and uh, definitely decision. And obviously. that's the safest bet. I feel yep. like on the weekend. I think Spence takes it in a decision, and I like it. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. If you are a relapse boxing fan. Or maybe a boxing fan that didn't realize that this uh, fight was going on this weekend. Uh, I would advise you to get together with some of your buddies. Uh, everybody chip in five or ten bucks and watch this fight because I think it's going to be worth the money. Hey, I got a question. What's going on tonight? <clears throat> right now, we've got the uh, We're United doing a States. Podcast, Frederick. We have the United States Women's World Cup team. What? The Women's World Cup's going on? Yeah, which we failed to talk about last week. That oh, was my a, God. That was a, Where was Freddie? That was a huge fail on my part. Dude, it's wintertime over there. Um, <laughs> but uh, the United States women are getting ready to uh, kick off tonight in a extremely important game. Big game. In the, group, spa- in the group stage. I was doing some research earlier today and I read a couple articles that said arguably this is the biggest this is the biggest group stage game that the United States has had in the last four World Cups. Sorry, I had to take off my hat and put it on my heart for the national anthem. Which we can't hear. We assume that that's what's happening here. Yes, yes. I just wanted to make sure that Tuna was doing the same. <laughs> uh, there's been some talk about uh, some Don't drag that. me into this. No, you guys talk about right. kickball. <laughs> Fred, Fred, tell me, uh, give me a breakdown on, on this uh, USA 
Netherlands game tonight, which is a rematch. A rematch of 2019 final. World Cup final. Yeah. The U.S. won one nothing. Right. A lot of the same players. Um, uh, the Netherlands have Captain, the 17-year-old. Uh, my favorite player, and on the all-name team, Dadonk. Uh, uh, she is a baller, trust me. Number 10, you will see her. And then, of course, dude, the USA team. Let me tell you something. If you haven't seen Sophia Smith play yet, number 11, you're missing something. You know that striker that the USA men never seem to have? Well, guess what? The women do have him, have her, and she is legit. Uh, all those other old school chicks can sit on the bench. This is the real deal. You got Dennis Rodman's daughter uh, playing. Right, and let's not gloss over that. I mean, it's Dennis Rodman's daughter. Dennis Rodman, the bad boy. Dennis Rodman of the Bulls. Yes. Dennis Rodman of the... Wearing the wedding dress. And Dennis he is Rodman, there, the wearing um, sweatpants. United States North Korean liaison. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but she is a fantastic player. Uh, this is a young team. Of course, there are some of the other ones trying to do the three or four peat. Um, but man, I'm telling you, Sophia Smith is so fun to watch. Uh, Thompson is really good as well. I'm not sure what her number is. But uh, the Dutch, a uh, couple of them are easy on the eyes, uh, if you will, as well. Uh, and uh, it is going to be a great match. I can't wait because they're in the same group. I think they'll both come out of that group. Um, well, they'll definitely both come out of the group, but it's a huge difference between right, winning the group right. and finishing and second. And scoring goals. Yeah, so. You've got to score goals. If. Whoever wins this game tonight is probably going to win the group. And then, uh, as Fred said, it might come down to a little bit of, of uh, goal differential. But tonight, winning the game is a huge, a huge deal as far as going to the knockout stages and your path to the final. Right. Um I've watched uh, the whole. I've watched all the games, whether they're replayed or whatever. The games are normally on at what, Travis? During the week, ten o'clock, midnight, and two a.m. Yes. Sometimes they're spread out a little differently. The USA is nine o'clock tonight. I think that's for all the children, girls, and boys out there that uh, follow this team to try to watch them play. Well, they, they know back. that that if they put it, I mean, I think the the first game was at what nine thirty or ten, and they're they're trying to, and it worked, get uh, the biggest television viewership they can get. Right, and it worked. In the first, in the first game for sure. And I, I just want to throw a couple teams out there real quick that are really good uh, that uh, people might want to keep an eye on when they're playing. Um, Sweden is spectacular. Germany, uh, England, Spain is fantastic. Uh, Canada won the Olympics uh, and upset the USA. Obviously, the Netherlands. 
Uh, I'll tell you a dark horse that's really fun to watch, Columbia. They have a Kakaido, an 18-year-old that's little Neymar, number 18. She's unreal. Yeah, I watched them the other night. They were great. Yeah. Uh, you have a 16-year-old that's playing for the Italians. That's Tuna's team. Uh, Hold on, why? Dragoni. Why am I the Italians? Well, you always like to I thought drink you red were the, wine when the I Italians I thought you were the play. Italians. You know, you, well, you, Didn't you, you say you were Italian? That was your World Cup or you, You're team. Spanish. You become a different nationality depending on whatever <laughs> team you're pulling for. I do do that. You picked Italy in the you last World Cup. You picked Italy in the last World Cup. Even, you drank red wine over at my house. Even though well, That was the Euro the Cup. Oh, now, I Euro, picked, that's I picked right. um, Venezuela. In the world, oh, no, Cup? you picked. Uh, uh, you picked South, somebody that no, didn't make who, the tournament. I know America that. Is it in South America? It's a. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't believe we can't think of the. I don't the country. know. They didn't make. Go it. back, Ecuador. It was. Uh, go back in the archives because there is an actual, uh, a, uh, episode description where it says, "Did Tuna's World Cup pick actually make the tournament?" Listen to find out, and the spoiler alert: it wasn't Italy. It did not. It wasn't Italy. It was a South American. It was country. Peru. Peru. Oh, that's Peruvian. right. The Peruvian kickball incident. That's right. That's right. Tuna, or have you heard of Sam yes. Kerr? Yes. Sam Kerr, Steve's brother. Okay, Steve Kerr's sister. Her sister. That's what. Well, the, we don't gender identify. She's here. probably the number one player in the world. She oh, really? plays For the host team, Australia. Yes. Oh. She's got a little injury. Is, she she has missed. Is she, Steve Kerr Australian? No. Oh, well. He's from Arizona. <laughs> I'm so confused. But, well, you should be. And uh, <laughs> you should be watching. The, now, now Captain for the Netherlands is only 17. She's playing right now as we speak. For? For the Netherlands. Is she from Arizona? No. Okay. But uh, I, I just want to tell y'all i've got a little money on the i can't get good odds from the usa but i hope that they win but i did put a little money on germany Donka. spain and colombia and the netherlands so uh travis we know that the tuna is 2080 not gonna watch this tournament <clears throat> What's 2080? Well, 20, you might turn it on if that, if there's a hot chick playing like the German, maybe. Can, well, uh, he has he has 22. He has no choice but to watch it right now. It's yeah, surrounding us in the it. downstairs pub. And he took his hat off for the national anthem, uh, which is great. Uh, but uh, I, I'm telling you, that, l- let me explain something real quick, guys. And all and all jokes aside. The reason that the women's soccer is more fun to watch sometimes than the men, especially the greatest players in the world, is this. When you watch, what's the first thing people that don't watch normal soccer say when they're watching the men? They dive, they whine, they fall, they roll around like little little children and, and crying. Guess what? That does not happen with the women. The women are just as talented. And you know what? They're not. They are as skilled, but they just don't have the power that the guys have. Let's be real. So the beauty of watching them play is 
they're around the box and trying to score way easier than just sitting there watching a game that's one nothing. Like, dude, is da da da. There's way more action. It's way better action. It's still quality, but they and they don't dive and whine and cry all and, the time. And 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 dude. don't and don't think that. Uh, these women's games are not physical. Oh, buddy. Because they, they are physical. I don't even think the refs blow the whistles. <laughs> I've yet to see hardly any yellow cards or anything. Like, it's pretty amazing. But I will John. I will tell you this. When you start watching, they're more fun. They're not as, you can't say they're more fundamentally sound. Like a women's basketball, college basketball team might be over some men's teams. You know what I'm saying? But Kinda I like will, the TBT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, does that mean to be determined? <laughs> to be determined? What'd you call uh, it? The Beer Gut League or something? Yeah. The Beer Gut Tournament. Tournament. Uh, but uh, what I'm getting at is is that it is fun soccer to watch. All right. USA, let's, let's get them through. That's enough on the women's soccer. Everybody get going. We got Messi playing in Miami. We got goals being scored by him. Uh, this is this is a great time in our country. Let's go and pull for the women that are young and ready to play. What awesome. a locker room speech. And uh, as we kind of mentioned the uh, the TBT. What for those people that 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 don't know what that is. There is a $1 million uh, winner-take-all basketball tournament called the Basketball Tournament, or the TBT. And Cheers last for creativity. On the yeah, way, right. By the way. Last night, uh, uh, the, uh, there was a team. And for people that don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know. What is it? There are, <laughs> just like the NCAA tournament, there are 64 teams. Uh, most of them made up of former alumni of a particular college or of a particular region. And the bracket looks like it's out of Karate Kid. It does. And I and 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 unlike the NCAA tournament, um, most of the guys that are playing actually know how to play basketball. Um, they're old enough to not just be 18-year-olds bumping into each other indiscriminately outside the three-point line. These guys play pro ball, like across, overseas in Europe, yes. uh, Asia, wherever. Like yes. Globally, global now, pros. Now, now, Fred doesn't... They also drink beer on a nightly basis. <laughs> which is different than college <laughs> no, basketball. How? I mean, I don't know. Well, that's metabolism. Have you ever known anybody but that these, played college but basketball? These, guys, these TBT the teams could beat any college them. team, and I will stand by that dude, right now. They dude, would crush them. Dude, this, this this Louisville team that's practiced probably 10 times would beat the national championship college team last year by 20. Yeah, they would smoke UConn. <laughs> it's I, not well, even... I would like, make that like, bet. No, it, it's not even close. Like I, I feel like you could a, take the top question. twenty teams in this TBT, and they would beat any college team hands down, and it wouldn't even be close because they know how to play basketball, it, and they it. are fully grown adults. Yes, like, I mean, yes. Like, so, past players like Bobby Brown. Yes, it's his prerogative. <laughs> 
I gotcha. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I mean, Fred, Fred, for whatever reason, doesn't like it because, well, I don't know why he doesn't because like Alabama it. Because Alabama or Kentucky doesn't have a team in it, and he's upset about are it. Are you all aware that uh, there is a four-time champion, and I know you are, overseas elite, uh, and the first year they did it, they won a million. Did you know that the next three times they won it, it was two million? They won two million. Now that's that's pretty, some pretty damn good jump so, changes spread around. So you would watch it then? No. Okay. But two why million. do you why do you hate it so much? Explain this to me. I, I want to get that 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 is what uh, well, I wanted to get the to the root of. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is to watch U of L play. Uh-huh. You know, like oh yeah, Wayne Blackshear's back or uh, Peyton Siva's back playing ball. Da, da, da. But to watch the Auburn pickup team, n- I'm not interested in it. It's like well, the I mean, Globetrotters playing the Washington Sounders. But you'll watch like Santa Barbara University versus Pepperdine. No, I don't at, watch at that midnight. much college basketball. Or or I will watch the Bulls. Alabama against. Alabama against the Citadel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't watch that game. Uh, now, now, I know that's a lie. Did uh, you watch uh, Kentucky play in this global tournament in, in, up in Canada? In this tournament? How come Kentucky doesn't have a team? Because they don't have players that are good enough. Oh, but, okay. There's only 100 <laughs> in the NBA. Well, if you're in the NBA, you can't play. Other than that, But you, I can you, think of another 100 that play overseas. Uh, that uh, I was just wondering why they didn't get a team. No, but... Because they all, don't know each other and they don't like each other. In all seriousness, it was an awesome environment. The game was at Freedom Hall. Um, the Elam ending, if you don't know what that is. Uh, That's very cool. I will get I, that, that. I Keep going, Travis. That is cool. You should check it out because it makes the end of the game super cool. Every game ends on a made basket. Um the environment last night was as as I mean we just I, I just I was I just thought it was great and shout out to uh, the Louisville team coach Mark Lieberman uh, we and, love him and everybody that uh, that has a part in that team and I'm actually really considering going to the game tomorrow. Yeah, I I just love being back in Freedom Hall again and and how many people. Did you hear last night when we were walking out going, man, it was just great to be back in yeah. this building. How many people did you hear say that? So many. And, yeah. and there was a rumor. I, I didn't hear him say it, but um, apparently Josh Hurd, Louisville's athletic director, mentioned playing one game in Freedom Hall, Hall next year. They should. So, I mean, you know, Bellerman plays there every Saturday. I'm with Tuesday you, but going there and Freedom watching Hall. like, for instance, the fact that Kyle Kirk played in that game, and he was the guy that closed the last game out there with that epic game he had against Syracuse. There's like a nostalgia factor there with there that. There is. With, with, with seeing Louisville that. play there. And everybody was wearing Louisville red, and it just had a feeling of like a, I don't know, man. And it's been forever since Louisville basketball fans could be happy about anything. Like, we, it, it, we've just been getting our nuts kicked in for like, what? Five years now. I mean, and there was a lot. There was a lot of guys I heard last night saying, "This is all we want. Yeah, just just to come to a basketball game and have fun again. Yeah, and it certainly was fun. People were saying, "Just please be good, Kenny. 
Just please be good, Kenny. And it was just like, there's this feeling like this is a basketball crazed town. Like we get a little piece of it. We're going to love it. Oh, you're right. Which is why we need an NBA team here more than anybody. Like Vegas, I'm sure they're going to get it. And and, and Seattle deserves theirs, but. NBA needs to be in this city. Well, this that's city would embrace the Believe me, that we NBA. need. Well, I think it would. Look, Travis really would. and I've been pushing with that with Ike forever, and that's something that we need to talk about on another day because I feel very strong about that too, Tuna. And we need to. We'll have. We really should. That should would be a great subject while this tournament's going on. I think, I think it'd be about. cool to have everybody in this city be but, on the same page. But it'll be for a half hour base. It'll be a half hour because we're so divided about everything. You got That's your little right. Kentucky and fans. you finally get them all together. Yeah, pulling like for we the can same all pull team. for the same. Talk yeah. about an asshole hey. group of people. Buddy. I know. You yeah. put me next to cat fans and we're hey. cheering on the same side. We're pulling. Game on pulling for the pull, uh, playing in the bucket. Ks. FC, let's go. I'm all for it. I mean, we Travis, how many times have we talked about it? Many. Numerous. And but, I'm but but there's a lot to, to throw in there. There's I a think, lot to throw in there. I, I think we actually uh broached that subject on a very, very early edition of the Blockout Sports Pod. There's a there's a couple other people that live in this city that have done a lot to try to get that to happen. And uh one man comes to to Dan Issel. Well, Issel Dan Issel, but there's another guy that really, really pushed for that, and I cannot think of his Jonathan name. Jonathan Blue? But uh, I'm telling you, th- th- no, this was about 10 years ago. Oh, this okay. guy really, oh, probably Jonathan really Blue. tried everything he could. He was like a uh, Roy. Uh, he was kind of like a SEC. Uh, Roy, uh, who's the guy that did Roy. the that put the SEC together to make it the monster that it is? Um, he's one of those guys. Nobody cares. They tried yeah. to get him uh, to do this, and uh, however, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys that you're having fun at Freedom Hall. You're reading I'll be that there. off paper. You I'll are be, not excited I'll be, I'll for I'll us. be there for the that, fair. You wrote that down so I'll you would like. No, I did not. No, you were reading down. word for word will, some scripted I message I will be to there us. for the fair, and uh, me and Freddie Farm Bureau are going to hang yeah. out. You're going to go and, to Oak Ridge, boys. <laughs> but, uh, Travis, what else we got? All right. Last thing uh, that I have in my notes is the uh, – this past weekend was the Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, we had a friend of ours, actually, that was uh, privileged to have gone to uh, the entire weekend, all the ceremonies, the pomp and circumstance, the parties. Uh, Friends of the crime dog. Yeah, as a uh, as a, a member of kind of Fred McGriff's group or whatever. And, Fred, I know you watched... Uh, the entire ceremony and all the speeches and you had um, you were texting me while it was going on um, oh it was it was awesome man. yeah just uh kind of tell me what you thought and well, our buddy who Jimmy, you were impressed our buddy with Jimmy went with his brothers uh that know that that live down in Tampa with uh where he where he's from and where I think where he's from and where he ended his career. For the devil, uh, for Tampa Bay, but uh, he being Fred they, McGriff, they, yeah, he being Fred McGriff, the crime pronouns, pal, the crime dog, <laughs> uh, thirty or more home runs. 
for 10 years in a row, by the way. Uh, and his his brother lives uh, down there and, uh, with him and has brought him up here for the Kentucky Derby. I have uh, been lucky enough to meet the crime dog. And let me explain something to you. There's no nicer down-to-earth guy that you'll ever meet in your life. Except maybe Scott Rowland. And for them two to be together was so cool. I, the All the Hall of Famers are behind him. We saw pictures he was sending us of Ricky Henderson and guys. And to see all those guys behind there. And when Fred McGriff comes out, they all stood up to shake his hand. Which they said has never happened before. Um, and, oh. And, uh. What what's what's super cool about it is is they're both of those guys are so humble and so chill. They were dedicated workers. I think you know the speeches, uh, Tuna, that got to me, man. That were just. I mean, you're a baseballer more than I am. Do you ever watch the Hall of Fame and the speeches that happen? I watch the football, the NFL sometimes mm-hmm. when people come through, but. Man, it looks like a first-rate operation. Like, you were treated like a king for a weekend. Have Have you ever, do you watch those? Yeah, well, I've seen them. Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a few of them. There's no doubt, right, that the uh, that the Baseball Hall of Fame is the, is the highest level. Cooperstown is the elite of the year. Right, I've been right. there. I've been there yeah. as a, as a uh, I think I was 10 years old when I went. Mm. And it was, I still remember it. By the way, the United States just but, went down one nothing. Oh, okay. Um, but dude, like for crime, the crime dog to get on there and and went through like the, the and Scott Rowland that about his family. Uh, the speeches were great. I, I, I'm just one thing I remember when the crime dog was and my wife, who I met when we were working at Burger King. I mean, dude, dude, like, come on, man. Like, that is just stuff where these guys are freaking in the Hall of Fame now. And all these fans that show up wearing their Braves jerseys, those you want to talk about diehard fans. Yeah. Man, people that show up to that and go is just spectacular. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out because I have met the crime dog, and he's nothing but class. And it seemed like from what I heard from the heart of Jasper, Indiana, that hmm. that Scott Rowland also was a class guy. And that those two guys to go in together yeah, uh, super was cool. very cool. And I'm glad that I watched the whole ceremony. It was really neat. Awesome. Tuna, you have anything to add to that? No, I just I, I, I feel like what you, you talk about the uh the real fans showing up and, and and wearing the Braves jerseys and everything. I think the thing about being a, a sports fan is you appreciate it when a the guys out there that you watched on a daily basis just do give it the right way. Give everything by the way. to the city, to the you know, the culture of the, the town that they're a fan of, you know, everything. They embrace everything and the fans recognize that and that's why they show up to support for these award ceremonies right and that's that's what makes those moments special especially for the players like fred mcgriff's up there and he's seeing the brave jerseys that means more to him than right and dude what's crazy about it is fred mcgriff decided to have his hat have nothing on it right now go now now that's amazing and then 
the what the two guys they played for other teams and they mentioned every team the organization they had nothing but respect for them and what they did for them uh it was it was really cool uh i, I thought it was a and i thought they were great speeches too yeah that's awesome uh, and i love seeing ricky Back in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, Derek Jeter, they were all there. Like, Ken Griffey Jr. sitting right next to Let me ask you a question, Matt. Do you think – did we already talk about this, but both players, I think, were definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't like having this discussion because, like, somebody's always going to have an argument why somebody shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, right. The reality is these guys were voted in, which to me, and I, I well honestly said. believe both of them deserve to be well there. said. Yeah, so. because I think they did. I mean, uh, you know, they were especially in the playoffs, man, mm-hmm. some of their both of their numbers in postseason were fantastic. So uh, and I'm also not a statistics junkie when it comes to the Hall of Fame. The stats are one part of it, but. There's a lot more that goes into being a Hall of Fame player than than just your statistics, so that's very well said, and uh, and it it was kind of cool to have a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for to have someone that was inside the events like telling us what was going on right. and 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 then we actually saw him saw, on television yeah, yeah. and. Uh, so that was really cool. Shout out to Jimmy and to his whole family, and I'm glad they had a great time. And congrats to uh, Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland and everybody that was inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, with that being said, fellas, uh, we have a little bit more time. I thought I'd throw it around the room. Uh, oh, I got, oh, I got things to say. And yeah. I, actually... Before we do that, and I know we're running a little short on time, maybe we'll go deeper into it next week, but I wanted to tell Tuna that I did at least halfway complete my uh, my uh, homework assignment that he gave me last week, and I watched the first four episodes of Quarterback. I thought the show was incredibly well done. I didn't even realize that Peyton Manning was an executive producer, uh, he comes on in the first episode and describes, you know, what the show's about and why he thinks that being a quarterback in the NFL is the hardest job in all sports. The show is amazing. Uh, it really kind of delineates and differentiates the, the uh, personalities of the different guys that they are featuring, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. We don't have enough time really to get into the whole thing tonight, but uh, Tuna, I wanted to let you know that I did uh, watch it and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't expect to talk about it and recap it this week because I knew that Frederick wouldn't uh, do his homework. Uh, wait a minute! So, uh, wait a minute! So that was just basically a precursor. So we're going to talk about this oh probably the week before NFL kickoff when he fits it into his schedule. Um, and, and then we can discuss then. So Freddie watched about 45 minutes of it and I fell asleep a little bit, but I was very intrigued and it was having a lot of fun watching my Minnesota Vikings quarterback, uh, that I really thought nothing much of until I watched him and Kirk cousins. Hey buddy, 
You're, 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 you got a little personality. You're fun to, I'm pulling for you, bud. I'm pulling for you so far. So here we go. By God, he might win the Super Bowl this year if he hears Fred's pulling for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, I'm going to go to you first. And, oh, you uh, are? Yeah. I'd rather you go to Tuna. Okay. okay. Tuna, go uh, ahead. <laughs> I just want to, uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday, August 1st, is uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and there's a lot of stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, to explain to Reds fans, um, the trade deadline is when um, – Oh. When <laughs> – what is that? It's when um, Can we teams get a either buy or sell talent. You guys usually look at it as um, liquidation day. Yeah, yeah it's but, a yard sale. Yes, um, and there are rumors going around that uh, Jonathan India is on the block right now for pitching, though, not just for young prospects, for an actual pitcher. So you guys are seller-buyer type, uh, type players this year, which is new territory. And uh, even though he set the tone for the lot for the uh, dugout. Yeah, okay. well, as we predicted on the block out several months ago, he would be the first one to go. And, that's and, right. So so the rumor um, of Otani coming to Cincinnati no, is that's, not that's correct. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Uh, I would say Otani's a lot to keep an eye on. I think they actually just moved his start. Um, so they uh, obviously talks are being done. And if I was going to bet money on where he would end up, it's going to be the San Francisco Giants, which does not make me a happy camper. Um, other moves to keep an eye on Cody Bellinger to Who is on the Yankees. Fire. Uh, apparently the Yankees are really interested in Cody. I would love to see LA make a push to bring him back home, Dude, he's but on fire. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. It's one of my um, boys. And then Marcus Stroman talks have been going around. I guess he's the big hot pitcher right now. But we're going to, just like well, every he plays MLB. for the Reds. Yeah, just like every uh, MLB um, trade deadline, we're going to get shocked by a lot of stuff before Tuesday. So it's something to keep an eye on. Travis, guys. he's that red hot pitcher for the Reds. Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> Abbott, uh, uh, a.k.a. Richie Cunningham. Uh, he totally looks like Ron Howard, uh, and he is ready to go. Uh, uh, do, on to you, Travis. Well, oh, I'm, do I, you're up. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I have a couple things? I mean, you can throw it to me, but I finished the oh, show, Fred. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I, well, no oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Things. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fred. What is that? Fred. Fred was gone. For one week, and he forgot how the show formats. <laughs> Travis. I thought you were going to say, and Fred, do you have anything? Travis. He came back with a Dean Koontz novel in his hand. <laughs> Travis ends the show. So, Fred, we are going to throw it to you before I end the show. Well, I got a phone call uh, this week. It was a, le a message left Congrats. to me. Uh, oh. And it wasn't from Pig Cage or Storm Duck. Or dude person, or uh, memorable factor, or Shata Shalaha, or Fish McWilliams. Any of the players that made the all-name team in college football. But I was told that I made uh, the all-podcast uh, name team, uh, Freddie Benders. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to let y'all know, I'm not sure what I get. But Freddie Benders is part of the all-name team, uh, the all-podcast name team. And, I I mean, if I get some money, I'll split it up with you guys or whatever I need to do. You let me know what you end up getting. And, oh, I will. I will. 
And I have a couple more things. But secondly, uh, and I'm excited as hell about that. Like, I'm on the all-name team, Freddie Benders. Well, Tuna looks kind of angry there about that. Uh, <laughs> and, I just looked uh, at your face, and that's just my natural reaction. Tuna Kempf. I'm like, Tuna Kempf doesn't make the all-name team. Well, I'm in a league of maybe my Maybe next own. year. Maybe next year. Uh, you know. Uh, but uh, I also wanted to say that uh, this uh, was started in uh, October 11th of 2022. And this is a league that was formed called the TST. And uh, this is from the founders of the TBT, uh, as I did a little research. And it is called the soccer tournament and we uh, talked about it it's last a night. seven on seven mm-hmm. and uh, uh it's a million dollars there's 20 minute halves uh the elam rule comes into play 32 teams blah 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 and uh i challenge tuna uh if i'm gonna watch the basketball tournament i i guess he's gonna have to watch the TST, no, the soccer. You don't tournament. have to watch the basketball tournament. No, I am. No, you don't have to. I'm not forcing <laughs> you to. But I am because two. Well, that's on your own choice, right? But I, I am really excited that the TBT has taken soccer in under its wing, and that's very cool. I'm excited about that. Are you going to watch the TLT? What's that? The lacrosse tournament? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I think we need to watch that. every the tournament. I did not know they had a lacrosse tournament. The cornhole tournament's going on this weekend in Owensboro. <laughs> oh, my God. Got to watch it. Well, wh- when's the, R- the TRT, the rugby tournament? <laughs> that starts here in a couple months. <laughs> the no, World Cup of Rugby, which I'm not going to force aside, you to watch. Tuna and I have had a, had a little battle, people, because he decided he wasn't going to watch the Women's World Cup. So I have uh, decided that I wouldn't watch the TBT. But I think that these guys have talked me into it enough uh, that I am going to pick up Kansas as my team. Uh, that's who I'm going to oh, put money on. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> and Jesus. we're going to watch uh, the TBT. Rock chalk. Anyways, <clears throat> I-, I had to throw that in there. And uh, – uh, sadly, I want to throw one thing in. Yes, please do. Uh, at the end, I wanted here. to get to this, Fred, because uh, we found out uh, last night or the, or the day before that uh, a uh, very special friend of the show and a uh, loyal listener, who I know that uh, he and his mother are uh, every week listeners to the show. Uh, he's always giving us feedback. I understand that his mom. Is a big fan of the tuna. That oh should, yeah, big that fan should, of the tuna. She has excellent make, taste. That should make uh, <laughs> tuna feel better. I'm a big but, fan of her. But but I know that uh, we heard some really sad news, and we wanted to uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about that, that. That our good friend and a part of our family here at the Sports Podcast, uh, UK Bill is what he goes by. His daughter passed away at the young age of 42. And we, our prayers are with him and his family uh, going through this tough time. But we wanted to make sure we put that on the show that uh, he knows that we will do anything we can for the big guy. And uh, so we will see him very soon. So we, I wanted to make sure we uh, talk, 
put that on there. Yeah, I was really, really, really sorry to hear that. And uh, like Fred said, all our best thoughts and wishes are with uh, Bill and his family. Um, with that being said, fellas, uh, it was great to have you guys both back in studio tonight. Um, looking forward to the rest of the week. Uh, really looking forward to the big TBT game tomorrow night at Freedom Hall. Uh, we want to thank everybody that listens each and every week. Uh, follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. And for the big fella, the tuna, Country Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.